I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, hello. I am here with Stephanie Bogan. And this chick is a powerhouse woman here. Um, Stephanie has authored The Power of Practice Management from um, Bloomberg Press, written columns for Investment News and Financial Planning Magazine, as well as articles for Kitsies.com, FA Magazine, and Advisor Perspectives. And she has been named an industry influential, spoken at nearly every major conference and remains a highly sought after speaker, business strategist, and executive coach. Like so, so many things, like I can hardly say it. Um, 20 years in her, into her career plus and has a company called Limitless Advisor Coaching. And so um, already just a little bit of banter before we got started. It's like, oh my gosh, we're so on the same page, like helping um, advisors grow their businesses. But I know, Stephanie, um, you have so much to offer around what you do and how you do it differently, especially around elevating your work, wealth and well-being. So tell us a little bit about how do you even get into this and a little bit more about, you know, what you do and how you help these advisors. Uh, How I get into it is a very long story. I'll make it very short. Uh, I did the very logical thing. So it's, it's a, it is a whole episode in and of itself, but uh, my mother was diagnosed with a mental illness when I was nine, shortly after my sister was born, we literally lived in a trailer park, uh, right? So go ahead and fill in the blanks, Jerry Springer show a little bit from there. You were like the next Uh, logical step is to become a financial advisor. the, The next logical step, right? I moved out when I was 17 with all of the deeply ingrained insecurities that girls from trailer parks with crazy moms and PCS, TTSD hats. And I'm obviously using humor, right? Just as yes, a, as I would just interrupt you to say like, yeah, but that's not fair. I have as much insecurities as you. <laughs> no, no. And that's the thing about mindset, right? Is, you know, those were very formative experiences. I just didn't realize the nature of their impact until decades later and how they'd literally been driving my life silently behind the scenes And when I found that out, because let's just go with, I went through a lot of uncomfortable experiences as a result of that, the mindset that I had, which was fear and victimhood and scarcity, and you have to be perfect and pleasing to get ahead, right? And you have to protect and prove and hide and defend and be impenetrable. And man, I built a great business based on this sterling reputation for delivering results. But in the end, ultimately, I figured out that it wasn't satisfying. When I moved out when I was 17, I got a job as a receptionist in an insurance office because right, I had to like actually feed myself. That was a necessity. And very, very long story short, I ended up applying to an ad for an office manager of all things for an estate planning firm that worked in the high net worth and ultra high net worth space. And my great motivation was uh, it was a better commute. I was driving into downtown LA and I really hated it from Pasadena. Uh, So I applied for the position and it was no joke. It was a three person firm. And I convinced them that they didn't need an office manager. There was nothing to manage that they needed a director of marketing because they needed to grow. Right. So I had shepherded under the, the senior rainmaker in our firm and like just picked up a little bit of stuff, but something inside me just really thinks 
right? Relationships, growth, marketing, like my, my, like my brain, just some people's brains work in that way. And apparently mine did because at 24, right? that's the yeah. job I got. And I went in with, you know, I didn't obviously go to Harvard. I didn't get a job at Boehner McKinsey, um, but I did grow up in a trailer park. And you know what you have to learn when you have to be scrappy to survive? Like shit's got to work. Sorry, just no glamour in that. It's got to work. And I didn't get paid my bonus if things didn't work. And there were all kinds of problems in the firm. We didn't know our value. The partner was brilliant, but he choked when it came time to quote his fee. We would follow up with like referrals and people that had said maybe for like 7,000 times. And he would just not let me say no, because you just never know, you know, they might change. And I was like, look, I'm not here to track dead bodies to the finish line. I'm here to add value. I don't think we're on the same page. So I did that for a while. And then I finally just got to the point where I was like, this isn't working. And I like things that work. So I just went to my principal and I said, we're going to try some different things. Are you good with that? And to his credit, he was a great guy. And he was like, okay, like what's the downside? And so I just started systemically looking at what do I need to solve for, right? So I invented, for example, a three strike rule for all these prospects, because when I started, I had like 10. And when I, you know, six months later, I had 90, because again, we kind of choked on quoting our fees, defining our value, right? So the maybes, right? We were great at putting, you know, checks in the maybe column, but I didn't get paid on the maybes, right? So I was like, we got to figure out this conversion. Like I'm, I'm 24 years old. I don't even know what conversion is. I just know I need to get paid. Get so paid like, yeah. You have a problem to solve, right? So I sat down and I don't know where this stuff came from. I mean, like, obviously I'm an avid reader. There's lots of great ideas you absorb and you apply. Practicing in public is apparently what I'm awesome at. And I said, I have, I just had this moment last night, Galen, the principal that I worked for. I said, I just, are we on the same page about this? I said, because I realized that I'm doing all of this follow-up and you know what occurred to me? Literally that if these people can sleep at night without a plan and it doesn't bother them, we should be able to sleep at night without them having a plan and it shouldn't bother us. Like we actually care more about bringing this to their lives and the value that it can deliver than they do that doesn't make them a good client. And in that moment, I was like, I think a client is three things. They're motivated, they're able to see the value and they're willing and happy to pay. And if those people aren't those three things, I don't think we should talk to them anymore. I'm gonna make up a three, not like making this stuff up. I'm gonna do a three strike rule. I'm gonna follow up with them three times. I'm not chasing dead bodies to the finish line. If after three follow-ups, they are not ready to say yes, we didn't do a good enough job. They're not a right fit. It doesn't matter, but I need to spend my time finding people who are motivated, able to see the value and willing to pay, not trying to change the minds of people who aren't. And he was like, all right, Steph, the other stuff worked. Go for it. And lo and behold, do you know what happened, Robin? It was like, this is where I didn't know it for decades, right? And so long story short, I sold my firm to a fortune tuner company, so it worked out. What I didn't know for decades is the reason that I was so good at getting these results was because I was really coaching underneath the consulting. I had no idea I was doing mindset stuff, but I was like, help me understand why we are, you know, if, if they don't get it, why, like, what are we, what's our job? And we ultimately came to reframing, which is the thing we do in coaching all the time to our job is not to persuade, pressure, sell, or cajole anything to anyone. That's what car salesmen do and no, no harshing on the car salesman, but we've all had that experience. 
we're professionals. We shouldn't apologize for selling, by the way. There's no shame in that. And then people that success there should be, I have a real issue with that. I will tackle that any day of the week. We should be able to just like any other professional, have a sales process, show up and deliver real value, irrespective of the outcome, do it with dignity and respect and give people the information they need to make good choices about their financial lives and the opportunity to make one about whether they think we can help. That's it. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. We're not going into the seven stages of sales. Like we're not going to do that. We're going to get so good at our marketing, defining our persona, telling our story, defining and demonstrating our value through that sales process that we can tell our story of who we are, what we do, the value we add, and the fees we charge without apology or hesitation. And long story short, so began my consulting career. My boss was like, you're either going to be go work for this organization or you're going to become a consultant. I'm like, no, I'm not. I love it here. And three short, I think like three months later, I bought a house. Literally, I was commuting again. And it turns out I'm an awful commuter. Um, so I started doing it like one day a week on Friday so I could commute less. And then finally, it, they were great about it. He and his wife were so supportive. Um, and at the age saying they started there at like 2021. 20, and so at the ripe old age of 24, uh, I did what everybody did. I took $5,000. That was the last dollars I had, by the way, I bought a paper mache desk from office Depot. You know, the kind, if you leave the water glass on them too long, they bubble up. Wow, yeah, awesome. That was my desk. And I just thought to myself, and in hindsight, I didn't really, given the childhood and the experiences I had, this was actually a really empowered mindset. I was like, well, if it doesn't work out, I'm pretty employable. I'll just go back to getting a job. Like my only goal, people were like, oh, what was your vision? And your insp-? I was like, are you kidding me? My vision was don't commute and make $55,000 a year. That was it. Like that was the dream. Um, and like I said, I ended up building it up 12 years later, I uh, was approached and ultimately acquired by a fortune two in her company. Uh, so it worked out really okay. Wow. My success wasn't satisfying. And that's when I literally decided to retire to the beach in Costa Rica, because there was just something, I call it the princess and the pea. Do you know that story? I'm so old. Like not everybody knows that yes, story, right? Sure. The princess is uncomfortable and they keep bringing her fluffier and fluffier mattresses until they're piled and piled and piled high. And she's, and finally in the end, they tear them all off and there's this tiny little pea. And I really came to understand through my time in Costa Rica. And I'll, I'll tell you, well, I'll pause and we can talk about like how I happened on mindset. Cause I know you really share that belief system. Um, and that's what I had to figure out was what was my P in spite of all of the success and the accolades and the recognition and the financial security, I still wasn't like joyful and satisfied and abundant in the way that I knew that I wanted to be for myself, for the people that I loved and for the work that I wanted to do on the planet. So that's my origin story. Like the success piece, you can really drive and grind into over time, but the success and the joy and the satisfaction piece, that's a decision that you actually make along the way. And the money doesn't satisfy that P quotient, as I like to call it. It, it just doesn't. I tried. Really, I did a good job. It worked. And, and now are you satisfied, Stephanie? Um, are you satisfied? I am. Is my life perfect? No, I'm married. I have two kids. I have a dog. I have, right, two houses and two places and mortgage. You know, but I'm joyful and I'm abundant and I'm grateful. Even on bad days, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm having a bad day. And I'm still so appreciative that I'm alive because what I absolutely believe, irrespective of what you believe on about what happens before or after we die, I genuinely get that life is a very short trip. 
between two eternities. Mm. And the first part of my trip sucked. It was hard. It hurt. It did not elevate me. And so I just had to make, and I did all these things to work over that. I thought success would give me significance. I thought making a bunch of money would give me meaning and fill that whole, you know, we all talk about this sense of not enoughness that according to the science, we all largely suffer from, right? To varying degrees. And when we get really clear that if we can't sit in a place of presence and consciousness and feel good, irrespective of it being perfect or everything that we want it to be, because of course, more and better always calls to us. I have lots of big goals, but my happiness and my joy aren't dependent on them. And I, I had to learn that they can't be, or I was never going to be happy. And finally I was just like, screw it. I just want to be happy. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, mindset is like, I, I hate to use this word, but it's like, obviously it's mindset. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way to you. I mean it in the way that like, if I was listening to this, like, oh yeah, yeah. Obviously I got to work on my mindset, like for, for everything, like it's mindset. And we are, everyone, you know, probably knows it's like you say, it's 80% mindset and 20% strategy. And I definitely like will lead with when I'm trying to get, you know, prospects and clients. And I'm like, I lead with the strategies, the promise of what they can get, like a attract ideal clients or, you know, this sales system that's aligned with their values as opposed to the one like the fact finder they teach. But really, when it comes down to it, when I'm really working with them, the only reason they're taking action or not taking action and doing what it takes and having the life they want is always because of their mindset. So really, the work is always mindset. Yeah. But I so guess what, what you just said, 100%. So my question is then, like, how do you do mindset? Like, I'm saying it like that intentionally, like, because I, I just hired a, a, another coach. I'm like, I'm big into coaches. Like, how can you be a coach and not hire coaches? Right. So I'm like, you know, I need to work on me. Yeah. Um, so I can be a better version of me and even next level, like talk about, like, I hundred percent believe that the only way to get the next level in my business is to improve me. Like, it's not whatever marketing it's not whatever strategies it's not whatever, like we're already doing plenty. We're doing fine. We're doing great. But to get to that next level, yeah. it's working on myself. So I have a coach to help me like with that and, and uncovering trauma and things like weird things like that. But so what is it like, do you have a like here are the key components to really mastering your mindset if you can ever master it or like what or or routines or what is it that you really teach where around mindset that's explicit where they can from listening to this podcast they can be like okay I can go do some of that yeah well one it's really to your point and right we kind of talk about it in jest like yes of course mindset's important but I want to ground you all because this was the thing that was game changer for me I thought this stuff was like crazy woo woo up to this point I mean I read all the self help books but I was like yeah yeah whatever right? Like I'm a girl from a trailer park. We don't really do that stuff. Like the, the campfires and the crystals, that's for those soft, weak people. That is not our jam, right? Like, so I was like a hard chick. There was no like softy, like that was not how I got ahead, right? I was like, oh, we got to be tough and controlling and right. We got to drive. And, you know, when I was young, that's how the world worked. Like that's how women had to show up to be successful. Um, so I think most people know that Michael Kitchis is one of my coaching clients and I've been working with him for a little over three years now. And he shared in one of our webinars that we talked about that really mindset had created his biggest shifts ever. And he's 10 X in over in those three years, by the way, wow. which is incredible. Yeah, um, not because I'm such an awesome coach, by the way, because he's a really great client, which is he comes to it from 
a growth-minded perspective of being open and aware that mindset is a real thing. And I share that one because I think everyone agrees that Michael has a pretty big brain. So if he can sit in a space of saying, hey, I want to elevate myself so that I can show up my best because third-party people have a different perspective and they can challenge me and be a sounding board, then it suggests that it might have value for other people. Carnegie Institute did a study. This was what I read on the beach in Costa Rica that changed my entire life. It's literally the reason I unretired retired. Carnegie Institute did a study in 1906 called Engineering Education. The whole premise of the study was how do we understand what makes learning and growth and change work? Wow, important study, right? 1906, they were ahead of their time. So reading along three factors to success, to your point, environment, right? LA is different than New York, you know, Dubai is different than you know, Brazil, broker dealers, very, very different than a custodian, right? Like just your environment, but you can largely change your environment. Skills was the second. I love skills. You got them or you can get them. No problem there. Third was psychology or mindset. Oh yeah. Just like you was like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. I know. I know this stuff, right? I'm so, I'm smart. I'm a consultant. I've sold my firm. Yeah. And then the next line was no joke of those three factors, 80 to 85% of success is mindset. And I was like, I don't even know what this mindset thing is. So I should obviously figure it out because if I've done this with 15%, so imagine if all of us just said, we're going to, we're going to succeed, but we're only going to use 15% of our time, capital and intellectual resources that we think that was insane. Right. Right. That's what we're doing. Like we are all by the age 35, we are hardwired, pre-wired, hard programmed into our conditioned thought habits, behavior habits, which ultimately, because we're human, become our business habits. No one sets a dis- sets a fee and then says yes to a discount because they're excited about it, Robin. No one goes, wow, you know what? When you're sitting across from that prospect and they say to you, hey, Robin, right? So to your point, like, w- let's talk about the coaching reframe. Mm-hmm. So there's there is now a huge body of neuroscience that says mindset is key to your success. You have on average 60,000 thoughts a day. 80% of them are negative. Catch this. 95% of them are on a constant pre-loop. So the voices in your head are constantly saying, you can't, you shouldn't, you don't know how. If you do this, you'll never get another client. All your clients will leave. You'll get eaten by a hungry tiger. You'll go bankrupt and you'll die. Like that's what happens at a fifth of a second in your brain when a prospect says, Robin, this is great. Can we have it for 75 basis points instead of hundred or 25% less? Right. Your brain is in survival mode, fight or flight. It's reacting. If you don't have a, like a hard white, like if you don't have your rehearsed response, your script for how you deal with objections and challenges, right? I know you teach them. We teach them. They actually lay neural pathways. We have clients rehearse them 10, 20, 30 times until you can say them like your middle name. So the next time you're challenged, whatever you're solving for, your brain's new default is not panic. Say yes, make it go away. Kick yourself later because you just gave away that revenue. Your default is now calm confidence, which is you answer that with confidence. Like we don't discount our fees because we don't discount our value. Hey, do we have to manage all of our money? Only if you want our best advice. Like you just get so good at saying it like your middle name because you're comfortable and you're confident. And that is not a script issue. Read my articles on Google. There's example, like I just wrote a sales process article for Kitsis where I outlined four 4,500 words and scripts and gave away the guidebook with sample emails. Like that's not the problem. I can give content away all day long. I hope to gosh, you guys use it. 
But when you get stuck or you're struggling and you don't want to stay there, that's when there's value in coaching like yours or ours or other communities, because the research shows that two things create change. Surprise, surprise, community and coaching. Hmm. Which is exactly what we both do. Yes, there you go. That's that shameless plug. That wasn't I, even. I, but it's it's true. I mean, and that's why I also think it's kind of interesting. Like I said, I was joking, but I said, well, I'm a coach. Of course, I hire coaches. But I, I do think it's a, interesting when you think of an advisor. They're really like a coach. Oftentimes, it's like a joke. I'm a therapist, you know, and it's yeah. it's the same. You're a coach. You're an advisor. You're you're a therapist, whatever it is. And, and then there, those who don't hire help, like to get coaching in a community don't, whether they're successful or not, like they're not anywhere near their potential because it just takes, it takes someone on the outside being able to see what you need in order to get you there. But, um, I value it so highly and I find it so weird that like advisors don't have a coach. Um, but it, 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 it's a theme that when I meet, I I talk to the women. So when I meet these women who are successful, they always have a coach or a program. Like, it's not like I got here on my own, you know? So that's so important. So um, you talked about reframing. So let, let's actually give a specific on, because I, I talk about reframing a little bit. I'm sure we even can reframe each other on how we reframe others. Um, but <laughs> to give them an example of reframing and how that would work in our process and how that shifts their mindset and the person that they're talking to shifts their mindset. Yeah. So let's use the prospect example, right? So prospect, I mean, everybody listening to this call at some point has had a prospect say, hey, that was great, but would you, right, insert request for discount here? Here's my issue with that, right? So your brain in survival mode, we call this, so I want to give you like an actual exercise. We call it minding your line. So draw a line on a piece of paper. Say it, say it again. Minding your line. So draw a line on a piece of paper, line. right? I'm going to do it. Right, so we're going to draw a little line on a piece of paper. Here you go. Right. Above that line, you're going to draw a plus. And below that line, you're going to draw a minus. And I want you to think about everything that in your state, right? Your being is above that line that is energy creating, revenue producing in your practice, right? That is empowering, creative, gives you joy. What are like what? Like this is where all the good stuff happens when you're in this state. I can, I will. Everything is figure outable. I got this. We've all had those moments. We didn't suffer from a crisis of confidence. We just showed up. We saw what needed to be done. Our belief behind the why was so valuable. We kicked in. We kicked butt, we took names, and we got there. There are other times, if we're all really honest, we included where we're below the line. The feelings here are disempowered. There are fear, uncertainty, doubt, anxiety, stress. I can't. I shouldn't. I don't know how. I'm so overwhelmed all the time. I'm struggling to get ahead. How am I going to keep up? Right. So when we spend, according to the research, 70 plus percent of our time below the line, that's where we're spending our day in a disempowered, negative state. Great things don't happen from there, Robin. You don't create more revenue in less time. You don't add deeper to value to clients when you're sitting there shrinking, right? Right. I call it having a case that the smalls are suffering from a crisis of confidence. Our job, our number one job is to put ourselves in this positive, empowered state. Reframing is one of the ways that we do that. Let's use the prospect process, the, the, the prospect asking for a discount as an example. Well, how would we handle that if we were acting above the line? Would we cower? Would we shrink? Would we be like, oh my God, I just want this client. I need the money. You know, all clients are good clients. No, right? We would understand that we add value to a select few clients. We want clients who are motivated, able to see the value and willing to pay. We would define and demonstrate our value to the best of our ability, no pressure, all service, value received, whether they proceeded with us or not, right? Because we want to show up from a place of total integrity, 
And then if they choose us, then we're a great fit. And if not, what if we just had no negative reaction? What if it was like, okay, it just wasn't a fit. And we had no emotional attachment. The dough didn't mean we failed. We were bad. We weren't going to get eaten by the hunger. So those are the stories that kick off in our brain that keep us, I call it stuck, right? We were stuck in this place of conditioned habits and thinking that keep us small and we don't shift into that gear. When you get into that above the line place, I know who I am. I know what I'm worth. I'm going to add value to a select group of clients. My fees are $5,000. This is how I charge for them, right? I'm worth every penny and then some, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. When you get to that place, when the prospect says to you, hey, Robin, how do you feel about this? Instead of being in that survival mode, like I'm going to say yes, because I can't fight, poor form. I can't run away. Fleeing's poor form. I guess my only option is to say yes, to make this go away as quickly as possible. No one ever feels an integrity in that moment, by the way. I've never in almost 30 years had an advisor say, yeah, in that moment, I felt really great deep down inside, Mm. right? After the fact, right, then we have to account for all those compromises in the practice. But what if I said, Robin, to you and your listeners, I said, what if I helped reframe that in a way that you could hear what the prospect was actually saying from their value and belief system. And then you could decide if that was the kind of client that you actually thought you could do your best work with. What if I said, when that client's asking you for a discount, what they're really saying, let me know if you agree. Hey, Robin, I really appreciate all that awesome value that you just communicated to us. Like that actually sounds really good. We think we'd like that. Um, But about the value, we... We know that it's valuable. We just don't think it's as valuable as you do. Would you be willing to give us all that awesome sauce? Be just as excited to take our call like your other clients, even though we're not paying as much. Could we have that for 75% less, please? And could you just feel as awesome about it so that we could move on? How would you feel about that, Robin? What would you say? I'd say, hell no. No, I wouldn't. That's right. You In your head, you would. In my head, I would say, hell no. I'd be like, are you on drugs? But that's what's happening. Every single time a prospect asks for a discount, what they're really saying is we see the value. We just don't share the same value story that you do. And we want you to lower your standard to meet our value story. And I'm just not in the business of teaching people how to lower their standard. I'm in the business of teaching people how to know their worth. And when you know it, you can confidently articulate your fee, defend your fee if you need to, and then say, hey, really appreciate that you're interested in financial planning. Think it can add incredible value to your life. Understand that the fees might be an issue for you. Our fees aren't the least expensive. They're not the most expensive. Our clients tell us that they're very fail for the value we deliver, but we also know that we're not from everyone. We've developed a real specialty serving clients in this space. And the truth is our fees might be more than you need. And over time, we wouldn't feel good about that. And you wouldn't feel good about that. We have some advisors that are lower cost options that might be a good fit. Would you like a referral? Total confidence, total clarity. But when our mindset is all clients are good clients, I have to get the client. Right. Oh my gosh. And look, for a lot of younger advisors, I understand. I started a firm at 24, right? With my paper mache desk. It's all about getting to, we call it rent and ramen at Limitless Advisors, right? Like if you don't have rent and ramen, those, those scary voices in your head are going to be 10 times as loud. But here's the problem. That's usually about 20 clients. I know the CEOs of billion dollar firms that are still dealing with this problem because you take you with you. If you don't own that mindset really early on, you will continue to make those compromises 
And they add up in lower fees, lower margins, lots more complexity. And advisors, if you're not really careful when you're in that stage of really trying to build a practice, you're going to end up taking on clients that you do too much for too little, for too long. And then later you're going to call me and say, hey, I have all these problems that I need to solve because I built this practice, but it's really complicated. I can't leave it. It's super stressful. My margins and my income aren't where I want it to be. Everything's dependent on me. You know, that's not the ideal from where you and I sit, right? We want to help elevate people's work, wealth, and well-being in ways that feel good. Awesome. I love it. I had a client this week. She was saying, I was asking about celebrations. I said, come, you know, give me a celebration. And she said, I fired a client, you know, but before she became a client, you know, and I said, oh, awesome. Tell me more about that. You know, and she was saying, well, there was, you know, she was already such a pain in the ass and she was doing this and that. And she's like, I was, she, she already sent an email that said, look, I don't think I'm the right fit for you and blah, blah, blah. Um, And she was like this two years ago, she would have never done that, you know, and she did that and she felt good about that. And then the woman was like, no, I actually think you are. And like, she's trying to now, cause it's like the same thing when it comes yeah. to dating right now, I want you what I can't get. Yeah. Um, and, and my client was like, nope. I'm like, no, sorry. You know, I'm still, I'm still not interested kind of thing. And, and it was so awesome. And I had someone else like had another celebration, like, oh, my, um, my admin quit. Like, and it was so funny because I'm like, all three celebrations were things that most people would see as negative yeah. things like oh, yeah, this is client, yeah. someone quit. And they're just, just like you said, reframing, like, this is actually a great thing because look at this opportunity that's available to me now. Yeah. And I think that that's just one example, like you said, of like a, a more empowering and powerful mindset, but those things are happening every day. And probably if we had five hours for this podcast, we'd come up with yeah. like, you know, 50,000 examples of this, but it's like, all these things are happening and I'm a big believer and, and really into law of attraction. And so, um, you know, I'm always like, everything is always happening for me and half a t- half, half the time or 90% of the time I have to trump all those voices in my head where I'm like, this sucks, this sucks, this isn't working like this is, but then I, it even just forcing that to some degree gets you to a point where you can start to believe it, but it doesn't, it's not easy. It takes work. You have to be committed to wanting to change and, and transform like yourself in order to impact more people. So I love that. And I, I love that, you know, you don't, you're not saying it's easy. It's just necessary if you want to have the life that you want. It's not just the success. It's not just the financial success. It's like the life that you want, the life that you deserve, the life that you can create. So this has been awesome. Anything else you want to add and definitely tell them where to find you. Uh, you can find uh, more information or join our Monday Mojo, which is just ongoing insights about elevating your work, wealth, and well-being at limitlessfa.life. Uh, we do have, I don't know when this is going to come out, but we have an upcoming sales process office hours. We just wrote a kids.com uh, novella on the sales process. And, and one of the advisors that have used it really successfully and I are going to be doing an office hours. So there's information on the website, uh, but I think that's September 27th. That's uh, on your website? Yes. Uh, and you can follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. I like to hang out there and have really cool conversations with advisors who want to build wildly successful businesses and lives they love. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. And those of you listening, we'll see you next time on Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. Bye. I actually have the link for the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. So instead, you can just go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register right now so that you can get five quality appointments 
in just five days. Now, this is not around, you know, you having to talk to friends and family and get all awkward. This is not about you having to spend marketing dollars online or create a whole funnel. This is going to be easy. It's simple. It happens in five days. If I can get you five quality appointments in five days, then you know that you can have the best year of your life because you just need to get in front of more of the right people. We will walk through it together as we do it. So do not miss this. And if you can, if you're smart, do VIP, spend a few extra bucks and you can actually spend time with me on zoom where I can connect with you, get to know you and really help you get those quality appointments so that you can grow your business and um, go ahead again, register at femalefinancialadvisors.com. You'll find it all there. It's happening, coming up very, very soon. So make sure to register, claim your spot, get in on this, get excited about it, block your calendar because you need to spend about an hour to an hour and a half uh, a day with me on the Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that you can get these results and it does work. The most appointments I think we got in those five days, uh, someone I think it was Dana got 33 appointments. So you could be my best student and go well beyond the five quality appointments. Go to 10, go to 15, go to 20 and set yourself up for the best year ever. Can't wait to see you at the tag challenge. See you there. Thank you again for listening to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.